Boys and girls, hello and welcome to episode 11 of the I Mean It podcast. Whether it's just on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, watching on YouTube, watching on Rumble, anywhere, anyhow, anyway, baby. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week to the Revolution Network. Man, we're growing like fucking gangbusters and we really fucking appreciate you guys and your support. Uh, this week, we're going to continue to go over... Vegas over under totals for the NFL team this week. We're going over the NFC North or Norris division as Chris Berman, that creepy old fucking guy used to say, is he still on fucking TV? Do they still let his corpse waddle its fat ass out there under the television? <laughs> oh shit. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with the Chicago BS dub bears. Um, yeah, last year, 6-11, and 11, their over-under was 7.5. That was an easy win for us. Uh, this division was very good to us last year. Went 2-0 and in our bets in it. Uh, the Bears were one of them. Definitely one of the easiest ones for sure. Uh, looking on their trend line, in 2017, their over-under was 5.5. They went under. 2018, 5.5, over. That was the Trubisky year. Uh, then 2009... Or 19, sorry. It went all the way from 5.5 to 9. Well, they went under. 2020, back down to 8. Got a push. Last year, 7.5. Dropped down half a game. Went under. This year, Vegas has them at 6.5. So, Vegas is expecting a downgrade uh, over what they did last year. And a pretty significant downgrade. And... That's really different, though, from the other kind of top rookies that were selected, not counting the kid in San Francisco because he didn't see the field. But, you know, for Lawrence and, um, oh, Jesus, the kid in uh, New York, that Opie-looking motherfucker, uh, both their over-unders are the same from year to year. This one, uh, full game down. Um, Mac Jones is the only other expected downgrade, and... If you think back to when they were coming out, those were the two really consensus lowest rated quarterbacks were Fields and Mac and Cheese by the scouts. And, you know, Fields was awful last year. There's no other way to say it. Uh, he was 31st in DVOA, 32nd in QBR, 28th in CPA, CPOA plus EPA. Uh, if you remember back, there were work ethic questions that came up about him of course that was construed as racism and all these other things and whatever man all i know is as a handicapper you know we don't like to bet on or we don't bet on things that we don't know and i don't know what this kid's work ethic is and i'm not here to say he's got a bad work ethic but what i do know is you never hear of anybody with a great work ethic ever have their work ethic question it's never happened in the history of fucking ever 
Now, I'm not saying every report about a kid that doesn't have a great work ethic or has a bad work ethic is true. Not saying that, but I am saying if he had a great work ethic, that would never be reported. That's pretty that's pretty safe to say. It doesn't have to be as bad as what everybody says. You know, that could be an overstatement, hyperbole, whatever you want to say, but it ain't great because if it was great, they never would have said it. I mean, look at there's been a lot of you know, even controversial people that like TO for example, that comes to mind. Very controversial, right? On the field, off the field, whatever. But nobody ever questioned Terrell Owens' work ethic. Nobody. Not one. You know, question if he's a good teammate, this and that. But nobody ever said, yeah, that guy's kind of fucking lazy. Nope. Never happened. Not once. Um, even in other sports, like Russell Westbrook, you know, which he's never had any off-the-court uh, controversy at all from, from all reports. He's a pretty stand-up fucking guy. Um, but on the court, you know, he does a lot of selfish things, right? For whatever reason, but NBA players on every team he's ever played on love this fucking guy because he literally goes balls out for fucking 48 minutes. Like how many ever minutes he's playing, you get 100% of Russell Westbrook. And players respect the shit out of that because the truth is, especially in that league, you don't get that from everybody every fucking night. There's a lot of nights where even the best players are like, yeah, not fucking tonight. You get about 70%. That's all I'm feeling. But not with that fucking guy. And again, no matter what you want to say about, you know, people or whatever, when, when it comes to something they're truly great at or they actually have something great about them, you never hear the opposite, right? Never hear the opposite. I mean, again, think about Randy Moss, right? He was in and out of, you know, whatever. I won't call it controversy, but back then it was controversy, I guess. Fake moon in a crowd and stupid shit like that. He'd get fined for it or whatever. That's where we get the straight straight cash, homie. One of the best quotes of all fucking time. But on the field, obviously the guy was amazing. The best receiver of his generation, maybe ever. But also, you know, Bill Belichick said he was like the smartest football player he'd ever coached. Fucking ever. That's a hell of a compliment coming from that fucking guy. I mean, Randy, they said he knew his position and every other receiver's position and what routes they were going to run, what routes he was going to run, and then could read the coverage and dictate when he was going to be open and when he wasn't. And that's one of the things he got uh, bagged on was he didn't always run hard on his routes. Well, it's because he knew he wasn't going to be fucking open or he wasn't going to be the you know, quarterback's, you know, whatever the read he was looking at. Like, well, he's not going to look at me because of this or whatever. And right or wrong, whether he ran hard or whatever. But I'm sure every guy doesn't run every fucking route full fucking tilt. I don't fucking watch film. I don't know. But I know he got bagged on for it just, I mean, because he was the best. But when he knew it was coming to him, you couldn't fucking stop him from running. I promise you that. <laughs> anyway, back to the Bears. Uh, I mean, Fields is terrible. He's terrible. And maybe, you know, he's going to be a bust-through candidate this year. I gave you the stat last um, podcast that in their second year, the guys that have been successful in this league or trending towards successful or been successful or trending towards since 2017, they all beat their over-under in the second year starting. So if he's going to be successful in the future, the Bears will win at least seven games. Um, but I don't think... He's going to do that, and Vegas doesn't either. They're only favored in two out of 17 games. Um, that comes out to about six wins. 
that outperforms our number of uh, they fall into the 33% win percentage category historically, which is about five and a half wins. I'm actually going to take the under on both of those. I'm going to say the Bears go four and 13. Um, it's going to be a long winter. It's going to be a long winter for all those fans up in Chicago, the Bears. Oh, and their mayor looks like a fucking Star Wars character on top of that. <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to those Detroit Lions. I started with the top of the division, of course. <laughs> they were 3-14 last year. Their trend line is as such. 2017 was 8. They went over that. 2018, 6.5. They went under. I think that was the year Stafford got hurt. 2019, 6.5. They went under. 2020, 6.5. They went under. 2021, 5 games. Obviously under. That was another easy win for us. This year, their over-under is 6 game so vegas is expecting improvement year over year and honestly so do i uh you know i've given dan campbell a lot of shit on fgh uh for his fucking crazy press conferences his knee biting you know philosophy and all that shit but you know what i gotta give the guy credit he's building a culture uh you know they didn't quit in any games they actually had the third best record ATS last year of the entire league. They went 11 and 6 versus the number. That's very fucking impressive. Now you can say, how could anything be impressive when they only won three games? Well, when Vegas sets a line, that's expectation, right? They know the Lions suck. So when they say, hey, this team should beat them by six and the Lions won't lose by four, that's beating Vegas' expectations. I mean, they outperformed what Vegas and the market said that they should do. So being 11 and six and third again third best in the entire league that is very fucking impressive. Um, and last year they were not favored in a single game, not one. This year they're favored in three games. So or no, sorry, they were favored in one game last year, three games this year. So, you know that's definite improvement. Uh, that's just under seven wins in Vegas. So Vegas is telling you to take the over. However. Uh, last year, the margin of victory for Detroit was negative 0.84 points. So basically, on average, they lost games by just a shade under 8.5 points. Now, last year preseason, they had five games where they were dogs by more than that. So in other words, the margin was big to begin with. So even though they lost by over a touchdown on average, they had the space to spare, which led to that great ATS record. So while Vegas is saying improvement, you know, last year was five games. They were favored by more or dog by more than that. This year, they're only uh, one game. So it went from five games to one game of eight and a half or more as a dog preseason. So again, Vegas is expecting improvement. But what that really tells you is, you know, the market and the expectations are going to sharpen on Detroit. They were pretty loose last year. They're going to sharpen up. So I don't think you're going to see that ATS success repeat. I think Vegas is planning on people betting on the Lions, especially early on. They're going to cash in on that optimism. They're going to cash in on the fact that, again, Detroit was the third best team ATS. And they did hang tough and they got great attitude there. But, you know, I believe they're going to regress to the mean. Obviously, this year, especially ATS-wise, I don't think they're going to improve that much. Um, you know, we do have them 
at five and a half wins for our numbers. But I'll go slightly under that. I'll take them at five and 12, uh, which again, that's a 12% improvement over last year. And I think that's fair. I think that's a fair, you know, for what Dan Campbell's been building. 12% improvement sounds about right. So five and 12 for the Detroit Lions. All right, moving on. Minnesota, those Minnesota Vikings, eight and nine last year. Uh, their trend line is 2017, eight and a half. They went over 2018, 10 under, 19, nine over. And 20, it was nine under, 21, nine, and then the under. So this was the one team that Longhorn vetoed for our bets in Vegas. We would have won. But <laughs> in fairness to him, uh, they should have won nine games by the Pythagorean theorem. So it was going to, you know, it was either going to be a win or a push. So whatever. Um, but this year, shocker, Vegas has their over under at nine games again for the one, two, three, fourth consecutive year, which they've got this team nailed. So why wouldn't they, right? If you look at over, under, over, under, and then under, and then nine now again this year. There's no reason for Vegas to change the market, right? They're winning right there where they're at. They're favored in 12 games this year. That equals around nine and a half wins. Our number has them at the 53% winning percentage historically. That's nine wins on the nose. So I'll go slightly higher than that and slightly higher than Vegas and say 10 and seven. Uh, they've been under for two straight years. Kirk is Mr. 50-50. I swear to God, Kirk Cousins, which if you've been... Watching and listening to FGH all these years, you know he's my favorite quarterback in the league. <laughs> ah, and if you haven't, my laughter probably gives it away that that might not be true. Uh, he's literally 50-50 for his career. I think, like, I swear to God, I think it's on the nose. Wins and losses. He is the Jeff Fisher of quarterbacks. Like, Mr. Fitty-Fitty, as we like to call him. Uh, so I think that because of that, you know, He'll get back slightly over that number this year. 10-7 and seven for the Vikings. I like what they've done to prove the team a little bit. And quite honestly, Kirk Cousins was not their problem last year. Their defense, very, I mean, it got very old, very fast. And Zimmer's, you know, I don't know if it was his system or his message or the way he coached them, but it got stale, right? And they still won eight games. It's not like they were terrible. One game under 500. When It's not going to be a shock. If you look, there, if you look at their schedule... They pretty much, they almost have to win 10. Like, they almost have to win 10 games. So, very favorable schedule. I'll go 10 and 7, slightly over there. Last team in the division, Green Bay Packers. 13 and 4 last year. Number one seed in the AFC. Um, their trend line 2017 was 10 games under. 2018, 10 games under. 2019, 9 games over. 20, 9 games over. 21, 10 games over. So now 22, Vegas is going to open up again because they're on a three-year overstretch. And everybody's going to bet over on Aaron Rodgers. Vegas has to set some sort of market to catch that, to clip them, to stop them from doing it if they can. Uh, but the crazy thing to me is Adams leaves, right? The best receiver, one of the best receivers, at least top three in the NFL. I don't think you can argue that. And Vegas expects them to be one game better. So, you know, so much for the all the doom and gloom. And and Adams is, you know, he's, I think he's a point receiver. 
one-point player, right? So, obviously, Vegas is not feeling that. They're not. They're really not feeling any way about that. They're, they're feeling optimistic even though he left. So, that has to tell you something. you got to keep that in mind that their expectations went up a whole game with losing their best offensive weapon. So, Vegas does not see the, the Adams loss as a big deal at all. They're going to be favored in 15 out of 17 games. That's 10.5 wins. So, Vegas is shading them to the over. They have to because the marketplace is going to dictate that. Uh, our numbers have them at the 63% winning percentage, which is 10.5 wins. So, we are standing right with Vegas on expectations. I'll look through their schedule and look through the point spread and everything else. I personally do not see any scenario where they don't go 12 and 5, as long as Rodgers doesn't fall off a cliff. Um, there was a stretch there on the on those under years where, you know, he was, I mean, quite honestly, he was barely a top 10 quarterback. Barely. There's, I think there was one year in there he was about average. But all of a sudden, for the last couple of years, he's right back to, you know, being the best quarterback in the NFL, MVP again last year. And he was number one in DVOA. He was number one in CPO, CPO, yeah, CPOE plus EPA. And he was number one in QPR. He swept them. Number one in all of it. So even if he slips some, which he should at his age, I mean, their division is crap, as it always fucking is. And as he told the Bears last year, I fucking own you! I've owned you my whole life! <laughs> um... And if you look at their schedule, you know, their toughest road games are at Tampa Bay and at Buffalo. So give them those two losses. Say, fuck, they lose both of them. Uh, you sprinkle in three other random losses through their schedule. Let's say they lose at Minnesota, opening week, opening week like they lost at, fuck, who, I don't remember. They lost at New Orleans, but it wasn't at New Orleans. I tell like 41, whatever, it was fucking terrible. So let's say they lose the first week. Let's say they lose at home versus Dallas. Let's see they lose at home versus the Rams. That still gets you to 12 and 5. And if you look at the rest of their schedule, there's really not another loss on there. There's just really not another loss on there. There shouldn't be. So I will go 12 and 5 on the Packers, slight over there from Vegas, uh, which that's where all the money's going to be. So probably not going to bet it, but I feel good about it. I, I mean, I might lay something on it. It's not going to be a full unit, but. Definitely feel good, and I, and I don't like to bet overs on season totals. That's very Joe Public fan shit to do. But again, if you just break it down, it's going to be hard, hard pressed to find a scenario where they don't win 12 games. So to recap, Green Bay 12 and five got the over there. Minnesota 10 and seven taking the over there. Detroit five and 12 taking the under, and the Chicago Da Bears. I'm being very gracious, Chicago. Right, if anybody's listening. I'm being very gracious by giving you four wins. You could win two games. You could win two games. So, I'm going to go best bet, Chicago, under six and a half. In fact, I'm going to call it right now, this is going to be the easiest win of the season for us. This this will be the first team that, like Jacksonville was the first team last year that clinched our under ticket at six and a half. And I'm going to say this year, Chicago is going to be that team. They're going to be the first team, mathematically, we cash our ticket. It's going to be the easiest one of the season. Best bet, Chicago Bears, under 6.5. Sorry, Chicago fans. Um, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Your team stinks. 
Uh, again, your mayor looks like a science fiction character. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, those guys are going to hate me in Chicago now. Sorry. I got to tell the truth. I mean it. I fucking mean it. I fucking mean it. Anyway, boys and girls, that's it for episode 11. Uh, really appreciate, again, tuning in. Please tune in to the Revolution Network, all the shows, Football and Freedom, my buddy Longhorn. Uh, this show, The Bastards of Babylon, with both of us, that is growing like fucking gangbusters. We're so excited about that program. Uh, we've had a couple of great interviews already. Uh, we got some more lined up, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, the one that started it all, the Football Glory Hole, FGH, coming this fall. Bring you all the funny and all the fucking money as we always do, baby. So tune into all that. We really appreciate you. Appreciate you for watching this week. And until next week, I'll be thinking about you. <laughs>